Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 today on ring of truth with pastor dan sexton and get that family member out of the situation they're in god sent his own son to redeem us that was the price of redemption that's the price that god paid he sent his own son jesus christ to die for us on the cross to rescue us that was the ransom price that Jesus paid. Jesus said he came to give his life as a ransom for many. That's redemption language. He gave his life as a ransom for us. What was the price that God paid to save you? Today, you learn from Pastor Dan's message that God gave the most priceless gift of all for you. God gave up his one and only son so that you might believe in him and have eternal life. He did that for you. Pastor Dan encourages you to let that sink deep into your mind and heart. Don't put off another day of receiving salvation. Why put off to tomorrow what could be yours today? Jesus died for you. Receive Him as your personal Lord and Savior today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. live in this world and the way we conduct ourselves in front of other people should show that we're outsiders. We're not, we're not part of this, this world. Our lives should be noticeably different from the way that the world lives. So that people would label us, just like they labeled Abram. You know, whenever you see the word Hebrew in the Old Testament and someone referred to as a Hebrew... It's, they're not usually, it's usually not them referring to themselves. They're not saying, I'm a Hebrew. It's someone else saying, he's a Hebrew, or they're Hebrews, right? They're from beyond. They're outsiders. There was something different about the way that they lived that other people could look on and say, they're not from here. They're not our people. They're different. And that's how it should be for us. Others should be able to look on and say, there's something different about the way that person lives. They're not like us. Now watch what happens in verse 14. Now when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house, and he went in pursuit, hot pursuit, as far as as Dan. Remember, Dan's way up in the northern part of Israel. And Abram was in Hebron, kind of in the central or southern central part of Israel. And he pursues them all the way up to Dan. Abram jumps into action here when he heard the news about his nephew Lot, that he had been taken captive. And notice that Abram had an army of 318 
trained servants. That is, they're trained for battle. Abram's servants were ready for battle. He, he had trained them for battle. Listen, he trained them for battle before there was a battle. Before there was a war, he trained them. And why did he do that? Well, just in case there is a battle. Just in case there is a war someday, he wants to be ready for it. So he had these men trained up, ready to fight at a moment's notice. And I think there's an important lesson in that for us. That we always want to be trained and ready for battle. Not physical battle, but spiritual battle. Right? And you you do the training before the war starts. Before the battle starts. If you wait until the battle's happening, that's too late. We've got to be trained and ready to fight before the battle. Just kind of ready to go at a moment's notice. Right? Like spiritual minutemen. And that's what Abram had. You know, in in Ephesians chapter 6... A verse I know you're probably familiar with. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And so we're to put on the armor of God, you know, our spiritual protection, our spiritual armor. And and we're to be ready. We're to be ready for battle. We should be spiritually armed and ready for battle. And how, how do we do that exactly? Well, we should be trained in the word of God. You, you, should, you should be able to handle the word of God. You know, the sword of the spirit. You should be able to handle the word of God on your own. We should be trained and ready in, in prayer. We should be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, especially in the days that we live in. I mean, I, I would say probably uh, for, for all of us with the things that are going on in the world over the last five or six months or whatever it's been, uh, you quickly realized whether you were trained for battle or not, right? Once they, once they shut churches down and you're kind of on your own spiritually, you knew, I knew, you knew just how trained up and ready we were for that. And I would say in the days that we live in, we, we want to be trained. We want to be ready. Uh, you know, if, since we believe the Bible and we believe what Jesus said about the last days, we really should expect things to get worse over time, not better. We, we will have, you know, temporary reprieves, certainly, but the general trend should be worse, right? Jesus said it's going to be like birth pains. It's going to be like labor pains, and, and, and labor pains come more frequently and with greater intensity the closer you get to the time of delivery, right? And so we, sh- we should... We should expect a greater frequency. We should expect a greater intensity. This, we're going through a pretty big labor pain right now in the world. And this is what, the, what doctors would call a transition contraction, right? But at the same time, we shouldn't be surprised by that because Jesus said these things would happen in the world. So we want to be ready for that. We want to be ready. We want to be trained up uh, for, for all of that. 
Abram had 318 servants trained and ready for battle. Long before there was ever a battle, long before he knew what the battle would be. But Abram knew at some point there's going to be a battle to fight. And so I want to be prepared for it. Some point there's going to be a battle for you to fight and for me to fight. And so we want to be prepared for it. That's just wise to do. And so we're told Abram took his 318 trained men. He pursued the four armies under Chedorlaomer, And he pursued them all the way up to Dan, way in the northern part of Israel. By the way, archaeologists have uncovered a gate at the city of Dan that dates back to the time of Abraham. It's called Abraham's Gate. Again, if you go with us, uh, you'll, you'll get to see that. And then verse 15, let me get back to the passage. Verse 15, he divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. You know, Abram has these 318 men, they're kind of like special forces. He's got Chedorlaomer and his armies on the run. Chedorlaomer's army is retreating back toward their homeland, They're on the run. Abram caught up with them north of Damascus. Abram's army travels some 225 miles, going up to Dan and then over toward Damascus. And it's there that Abram defeated these armies. These armies that rolled right over giants. These armies that conquered every kingdom they came to. Four armies. Four armies. And Abram, with his 318 men, are able to defeat Chedorlaomer and his four armies. It's a miraculous victory for Abram. Much like, much like Gideon in the book of Judges, where he has his 300 men, and he's able to defeat the Midianite army, Abram defeated four armies with 318 men. In 1 Corinthians 15:57, God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is, this is God making the name of Abram great in the world. And so verse 16, he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods as well as the women and the people. Now, as we finish up here, and I promise we're almost finished, the question we want to answer is why does Abram risk his life and the lives of his servants to go up against such a powerful army? Abram could have stayed out of this. Abram uh, could have said, this is none of my business. Abram could have said, I'm, I'm, I'm not involved in this. This doesn't concern me. Abram could have said, when he received news about his nephew Lot, he could have said, you know what? Lot chose to live in Sodom. And now he's got to live with the consequences of his choice. And Lot got himself into this situation. He's got to get himself out of this situation. So why does he do this? And, 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 and here's the thing, and this is important. This is the whole, the whole point. Abram gets involved and he risks his own life and the life of his, life of his servants. And, and it's not because he's just a nice guy. And it's not because, certainly not because, Lot deserved to be rescued. You know, Lot, Lot hasn't done anything to deserve to be rescued. You know, he, he chose to live in Sodom. It's his own, his own fault. 
Abram rescued Lot. And this is an important point that we're going to spend a couple minutes on before we finish. He, he rescued Lot because Abram was the patriarch of the family. And you're thinking, really? That's, that's it? That's the point? Abram was the patriarch of the family. This is a, this is a, a, a patriarchal uh, society. And Abram was, was the patriarch. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. That's why the one who escaped went and told Abram. Because Abram's the patriarch. He's the the head of the family, if you will. Now we we don't really have a patriarchal society like they did in ancient times in ancient Israel. So we, we don't fully understand the meaning of the fact that Abram was the patriarch of the family. And let me just tell you, in those days at that time, the patriarch of a family had a responsibility and had an obligation to rescue a family member that was in trouble whether that was financial trouble or, in this case, taken captive by an enemy. The patriarch of the family had a responsibility and an obligation to rescue a family member that was taken captive, even if, listen, even if that family member was seized by an enemy and taken into slavery because of their own bad choices and their faithless life even if they got themselves into that situation, the patriarch still had an obligation as the patriarch. He was still expected to rescue that family member. And the patriarch would then deal with that family member's bad decisions privately after rescuing him or her. But but as the patriarch, there was an expectation, there was an obligation There was a responsibility to rescue a family member who was seized by an enemy and taken captive and enslaved. No matter what the circumstances were that got that person in that situation. And if that patriarch didn't do it, it looked badly on the patriarch. The patriarch's reputation was on the line here. The patriarch's reputation was at stake. If a member of his family found himself in need of rescue, again, it doesn't matter how he got in that situation, but if he needed to be rescued, the patriarch was expected to do something about it. And the patriarch risked his own resources and his own life to rescue his family member. That patriarch would would use everything he has, everything at his disposal to, to rescue that family member who has gotten themselves into the situation that they're in where they need to be rescued. And that's what you see here. 
Lot needed to be rescued. Yes, Lot chose to live in Sodom. Yes, Lot made a bad decision. Yes, Lot got himself into the situation that he's in. Lot needed to be rescued. And that was Abram's responsibility as the patriarch. And so Abram put his own household, all of his servants and his own life on the line and travels the 225 miles to go to war. Listen, to go to war against an incredibly powerful army for the sake of rescuing his family member. That's how big of a deal it is as a patriarch. That even though it's just one family member, he's a nephew. It's not even immediate family. You've got this distant relative who made some bad choices, got themselves into this situation. And even though it's this incredibly powerful army, and even though they're really far away, Abram puts it all on the line. And all of his, all of his resources, all of his servants now, and he's going to go fight for this one lousy nephew. Because that's what a patriarch does. Not because the nephew deserves it, because As the patriarch, Abram's reputation is at stake. And that is what is expected of a patriarch. To to take such a stand and go to such great lengths and great personal risk and great personal cost to rescue this one nephew that you could say got himself in that situation and maybe doesn't deserve it. But for Abram, His honor is on the line. And so, yes, he's willing to do it. He's willing to go up against an army that defeated giants. And he's willing to pursue them all the way to Dan and then all the way over to Damascus and not give up and take on this powerful army and not give up. Even if it costs him everything to rescue that one Nephew. Now, here's the, here's the thing. The biblical word for this, the biblical word for this is redemption. Redemption. This, this is what you see here in chapter 14. This is a picture of biblical redemption. Redemption. The word redemption means deliverance. It means liberation. It means to be Set free. And with this story of Abraham rescuing Lot, we have a picture of redemption. And we have a picture here in chapter 14 of the redemption that you and I have through Jesus Christ. Because when it comes to you and me, we're Lot in the story. We relate to Lot. And uh, just as Lot was taken captive and enslaved because of the choices he made, the Bible says we were taken captive by our enemy and we were, uh, we were enslaved. We were slaves to our sin. We were in bondage to our sins. And it was our own doing, just like this was Lot's own doing. It was our own doing. It was our own fault. We got ourselves into that by the choices we made, what we did, where we lived, who we hung out with. You know, you, you can trace it just like you could trace it with Lot. You can trace it in our lives, the decisions we made, the choices we made, the compromises we made. We got ourselves taken captive. 
We got ourselves enslaved by sin. It was our own doing. God, but God, listen, God didn't rescue us because we deserve to be rescued. He rescued us for his own namesake. You see, God is, is, is like our patriarch. And we're that distant relative who got himself in trouble and got himself taken captive and carried away and enslaved by sin. And God rescued us, not because we deserve to be rescued, but for his own namesake, for his own reputation. And God rescued us. He redeemed us. He delivered us at great personal cost to himself. He put it all on the line to rescue you and me. He put it all on the line to rescue you and me. Just like a patriarch will use all of his resources to rescue that family member and get that family member out of the situation they're in, God sent his own son to redeem us. That was the price of redemption. That's the price that God paid. He sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross to rescue us. That was the ransom price that Jesus paid. Jesus said he came to give his life as a ransom for many. That's redemption language. He gave his life as a ransom for us. Listen to this. Listen to this verse. Listen to I'm going to read a couple of verses to you as we close. Colossians 1.13 For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, just like Abraham rescued Lot from the kingdom of Chedorlaomer, the kingdom of darkness. And we have redemption Salvation, rescue, deliverance through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Romans 6.17 says, thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living. We were slaves to sin. God rescued us and set us free. Psalm 102, verse 19 says, Tell them the Lord looked down from his heavenly sanctuary. He looked down to earth from heaven to hear the groans of the prisoners to release those condemned to die. That was us. We were, we were imprisoned by our own choices and our own sin. In bondage, we were condemned to die because of our sin. The wages of sin is death. And our heavenly father, the patriarch, He rescued us and it cost him everything because it cost him his only begotten son. And we 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 didn't deserve to be rescued. But because of who he is, he rescued us and he sent his son, Jesus Christ. To redeem us. And to bring us back home. Into his family. And when we go off. And get ourselves into trouble again. Our patriarch. Come and rescue us again. <laughs> right? And, and he's, he's willing. To put it all on the line. He's willing. To do whatever it takes. At great personal expense. Great personal sacrifice. Because that's what a patriarch does. His reputation. For his namesake. He does it. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how He interacts and intercedes with those He's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. Or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together, after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Reach true.